This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you so much for having me this morning in preparation for Hanukkah. I want to thank uh, Nevei PTI for uh, sponsoring and hosting this event. I had this host to speak for PTI a number of years ago for the uh, Koilel. And uh, it's a host to be here to speak to uh, the Neshe. I want to thank uh, Mrs. Leiter for hosting uh, today's event. And we're Mavarech, the Yeshiva, and Mrs. Leiter, that may this home always be open for Taira, for Chesed. Vansham should be Mavarech, your home, Mishpacha, with Simcha Sanachas, Abi Askel Tzadak. The mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is a very unique mitzvah. It's different practically than any other mitzvah in the Torah. In that, when it comes to the mitzvah of shayfar, so one person blows the shayfar, everybody comes, and he might see everybody. One person makes Kiddush, and they might see everybody. In other words, you could actually have somebody do a mitzvah um, for you. However, you can't send someone to shul to listen to the shayfar for you. It's not like you could hire someone Hey, do me a favor, I'm going to be busy on Sunday, I'm going to be busy on Monday, I'm going to be busy Rosh Hashanah. Here's $100, go to Shul for me and listen to the shofar for me. You can't do that. Everybody has to do the mitzvah themselves. For men who have to put on tefillin, they can't hire someone to put on tefillin for them. They have to put on the tefillin themselves. By every single mitzvah, you basically got to do it yourself. There's a rule, mitzvah by Yosemite even Kiddush. You can't hire someone to listen to Kiddush for you. Every individual has to do the mitzvah themselves, or you could use the process of Shemea Ka'ina, which means it's like you're doing it yourself. But when it comes to Ner Hanukkah, the primary mitzvah, even though we're Mahader on the mitzvah, we're Mahader that each. Uh, Individuals should light the menorah themselves, but the in principle, the house has to have a menorah, and once the house has a menorah, they're going to say the mitzvah. So, for instance, if let's say somebody's a guest in someone's house and they're going away, technically they don't have to. We're we're mahadar. We go the extra mile, and actually, if somebody's a guest in someone's house, you contribute mishtatef bepriti. You give a a quarter to the host. And it's like you're participating in that in that uh, way, but nevertheless, in principle, it's enough for the house to have one menorah, and that suffices. I'll give you just one uh, quick halachic example of what I'm talking about. Let's say when it comes to the mitzvah of laying the megillah, and you have uh, a bar mitzvah boy, he certainly can lay the megillah for the entire shul without a problem. Once a kid turns 13 years old, he could lay the Megillah for everybody. What if you have a kid who's nine years old? Can a nine-year-old lay in the Megillah for the entire shul? No, Shulchan Aruch says no, because he's Chayiv Midrabanan, and everyone else is Chayiv, even though everyone else is also Chayiv Midrabanan, because the whole, ner, the whole mitzvah of Megillah is Midrabanan, but everyone else is Chayiv Midrabanan, and he's Chayiv Midrabanan on a Drabanan. So a child who's nine years old cannot... Light, uh, cannot lay in the Megillah for the entire show. But what if the family's going to come home late one night? The family's going to come home 3 a.m. So interesting halacha. Let's say a husband's going to come home 3 a.m. What does he do with Ner uh, Hanukkah? The wife lights for him. 
You know that. If let's say your husband's going to be away or or let's say he's going to come very late, the wife lights and when he comes home, he just goes to sleep. Can a child who's nine years old light the menorah for the household? You know that the Shulchan Aruch says yes, even though he's not bar mitzvah. It's very interesting. Why is it that when it comes to laning the Megillah, a child cannot lane the Megillah for the shul, yet a child could light the menorah for the whole household? So this is a very uh, a subtlety in halacha, but the basic distinction is as follows, and that is, there is no mitzvah on any individual to light a menorah. Okay, you heard it here first. There is no mitzvah, midairaisa, midjabanan, to light the menorah. The mitzvah is, the house has to have a menorah lit. The mitzvah is not on the individual, the mitzvah is on the bias. Every other mitzvah in the Torah, the mitzvah is on the individual. The individual has to perform the mitzvah. When it comes to lighting the menorah, there is no mitzvah that an individual has to light the menorah. The mitzvah is, the house has to have a menorah lit in it, similar to the mitzvah of mezuzah. For instance, let's say um, you move into a new house, and you have to buy 20 mezuzahs, and let's say the mezuzahs cost 100 bucks. So you go to the cipher, you give them $2,000, you get 20 mezuzahs, you put up the mezuzah, and then you realize, uh-oh, my wife wasn't there when I put up the mezuzahs. So now what? Do you have to take down the mezuzahs? and put it up again so that she could listen to you make the bracha? No. Why not? Because there's no mitzvah in the Torah to put up a mezuzah. The mitzvah is the house has to have a mezuzah. And however it got there, by hook or by crook, once the house has a mezuzah, the mitzvah has been fulfilled. Nobody has to be present, nobody has to hear a bracha. There is no mitzvah on the individual, the mitzvah is on the home. Same thing with Ner Hanukkah. There is no mitzvah to light the menorah. The mitzvah is, the home has to have a menorah lit into, in it. And the question is, why would that be? Why would there not be a mitzvah on the individual? Why is the mitzvah on the home? So there's a very interesting uh, compendium written by the Rambam. Everybody knows the Rambam wrote the Yad HaChazakah, and the Rambam wrote Mar Nevuchim. The, the Rambam also wrote... Uh, a compendium called Maimer Kiddush Hashem. And the, Maimer, the Rambam talks about a decree that the Greeks made that is not so well known. I think everybody's familiar, the Greeks abolished Rosh Chodesh, they abolished Mila, they abolished Shabbos. However, and they made us write on the horn of an ox that Ein Lanu Chelek Yisrael. But there's another decree that the Syrian Greeks made. They made a decree we cannot lock the door of our home, and that the homes cannot even have a door. Now this is not a very well-known decree by the, uh, by the Yivanim. They decreed that you cannot lock your, your home, and the home cannot have a door in it. Why? So Ramam says, because the Greeks understood that a home that has no door, and has no lock, has no dignity, has no modesty, has no Kedusha. The sanctity of the Jewish home is dependent on the door. If you could lock the door, the door has dig- dignity, the door has sanctity, the door has Kedusha, and the Yivanim were out, it was an assault on the Kedusha of the Jewish home. So it's very interesting. First of all, this is like a <laughs> revolutionary revelation 
that the Ivanim were not just trying to abolish the observance of mitzvahs, they were trying to abolish the sanctity of the Jewish home. And therefore, when we celebrate the Yantav of Hanukkah, we are celebrating not, the, not necessarily the sanctity of the individual. We're celebrating the sanctity of the bias. And therefore the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah devolves not on the individual, it devolves on the house itself. And therefore the mitzvah is not to light the menorah. The mitzvah is that the home should have a menorah lit in it. Which means that when Hanukkah comes, we have to be on high guard. Not to allow certain things to enter our home. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. But not the angle that you think I'm going. I want to start with probably the most well-known Gemara about Hanukkah. The Gemara Masech the Shabbos. The Gemara tells us what is Hanukkah. The Gemara says that on the 25th day of Kislev, the Ivanim finally were thrown out of the Heichal. And they had contaminated all the oil in the Heichal, all the flasks of oil, and the Chashmaram. They searched and they searched and they couldn't find any oil that was not contaminated until they finally found one flask that was sealed with the signet of the Kain Gadol. And they thought there was only enough oil to last for eight, for one day. And miraculously, it lasted for eight days. Okay, so here's the line that just focus on for one moment. Says the Gemara, so what exactly is Hanukkah? Like, what are you supposed to do on Hanukkah? So if you read the Jewish uh, periodicals and magazines, you would think that the main purpose of Hanukkah is to buy exotic donuts. That's the main avoida of Hanukkah. Donuts that were never seen since the time of the miracle of Hanukkah 2,000 years ago. Maybe last year they had custard and they had caramel, but custard and caramel with pastrami and kishka <laughs> stuffed into it, that is something that is a, a new way of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I'm sure will bring him great nachas ruach. But the question is, what really do we have to do on Hanukkah? You know, those donuts are actually very lethal to consume. One of those donuts could knock, knock out a horse. And, um, and uh, my father once told me a very important yesoid when it comes to these things. So, the question is, what do we have to do on Hanukkah? Do you have to have a party? Do you have to have latkes? Do you have to eat donuts? Do you have to say Hallel? Do you have to say Alanisim? Do, do you have to uh, thank Hashem? Do you have to light the Menorah? You would expect that the Gemara would say they established eight days, I don't know, Hallel, and uh, lighting the Menorah. I mean, that's the main mitzvah of Hanukkah. And surprisingly, the Gemara says, Lashana Acharas, in the year following the miracle of Hanukkah, Kavam va'asam yamim toivim v'halel v'hayda. They made the yamtif with the following formulation. You know what you have to do on Hanukkah? Number one, you have to say halal. And number two, you have to v'hayda, you have to thank Hashem. Which means that if you didn't go to any Hanukkah party on Hanukkah, you're still considered a loyal Jew. If you didn't give any Hanukkah presents, you may not have any family members who will speak to you again. <laughs> However, you're still considered Shemar Torah Mitzvahs. But these are the following two things that must be fulfilled on Hanukkah to be Yoytzei 
the Yamtif of Hanukkah, Hallel. You need to say Hallel on each day of Hanukkah, which means if one did not say Hallel, then they did not experience Hanukkah. In other words, you can miss a party, you can't miss Hallel. The second thing you need to do is, Hayda, you need to thank Hashem. What in the world is the Gemara talking about? The Gemara forgot to mention the most important obligation of Hanukkah. Here it is, the Gemara is saying, what did the Chachamim enact on Hanukkah? And the Gemara forgot to say that there's a mitzvah to light the menorah on Hanukkah. You know, anybody know what Masechta discusses? The Yom Tif of Hanukkah? It's in Masechta Shabbos. I thought you might know. And why is it in Masechta Shabbos? Because since Masechta Shabbos talks about lighting the Ner Shabbos, so an appropriate place to speak about Hanukkah is in Masechta Shabbos, because on Hanukkah you light the Menorah. So you would expect then, that when the Gemara is telling you what to do on Hanukkah, it would say, you should light the Menorah. And you know what? The Gemara blew it. It seems. The Gemara did not mention that you should light the Menorah on Hanukkah. What should you do? Say Hallel. And thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What happened to the mitzvah of lighting the menorah? There's another very important line in the Gemara. The Gemara says, The Gemara makes an incredible promise. The Gemara says, that even though if you look through the pages of the Chumash, the aspiration of every Jewish parent is to have children who are banam tamid chachamim. That's that's what every Jewish parent yearns and dreams of. You know that nowhere in the Torah does it say how you can be zoicha to have a child who's a tamid chacham. Doesn't say anywhere. Isn't that amazing? The Torah, the Chumash, doesn't say. So what do you do to be zoicha to have banam tamid chachamim? The Gemara does give us. One piece of information. Haragil Bener, one who frequently lights Nerais, referring to Ner Shabbos and Ner Chanukah, Havyin Lei Banam Tamichacham, will have children who are Torah scholars. Now, this, this line of Gemara is gold. Here it is, right here. It's one line of Gemara. The aspiration of every Jewish parent, and the Gemara is telling you how you get it. How is one zoicha to banan tamid chachamim? Haragil baner, just like the ner Hanukkah. So the question that perhaps many of us want to ask, but maybe we don't have the courage to ask, is really? All you have to do is light ner Hanukkah and your zoicha to banan tamid chachamim? Doesn't everybody light ner Hanukkah? And not everybody is zoicha to banan tamid chachamim. So, is the Gemara literal? Does the Gemara really mean that anybody who lights the Ner Hanukkah doesn't everybody light? And is everyone really blessed with this blessing that the Gemara mentions? And this question is addressed by none other than Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar. Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar was a student of the Ravid. The Rabbi Yitzchak Sagi Nahar had a Chavrusa, he learned with Eliyahu Navi. So we're, going, we're talking about a thousand years ago. He was a student of Rabbi Avram um, ben David, the Ravid, and he had Giloy Eliyahu Panim El Panim. Now he was blind. So we're talking about somebody who knew exactly how things work. So he's not telling us based on estimation, he's not guessing, he's saying us, telling us black and white, and he wants to know. 
Here it is. Every observant Jew write, lights the Nerach Hanukkah and not everyone is Zoichet to Banim Tamir Chachamim. So what exactly are we missing from what the Gemara tells us? So he offers as follows. He says, yes, everybody lights the Nerach Hanukkah, but there are many minutia, many details of Nerach Hanukkah that people are not so careful about. And if you're not careful about the detail, then you don't necessarily have the ability to access the blessing of Haragel Bener Zeichen Labanim Tamid Chachamim. I'll tell you a few. Don't tell your husbands about it. Just tell them to go into TorahAnytime.com and listen to the share. They're going to be annoyed if you tell them what they're doing wrong. But here's what, here's what it is. Okay? Number one, you have to know what time to light. Can't just light. Oh, it's the night of Hanukkah, so let's light the menorah. There's a specific window of time, whatever your personal sheet is. Well, Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Aaron Kahl, whoever you follow, you should be aware. What is the optimal? Now, sometimes husband's not home at that time, or the kids are not home, and therefore you can't light then. But at least to be aware of the exact, precise time that you should light the menorah. Number two. How to light the menorah. Most people light, and this goes for Ner Shabbos as well, Hadlaka Oysa Mitzvah. Hadlaka Oysa Mitzvah means, even though most people light the menorah, they put wick on wick, and as soon as it catches fire, they're on to the next. L'chachila, you're not yotze. You have to hold the wick on the wick until the majority of the fire that will spread to the wick catches fire. In other words, basically what that means is um, when you put wick on wick, it catches right away, but then it spreads, let's say, to a certain, to an inch of the wick. Ultimately, it will occupy an inch of the wick. You need to hold wick on wick until the majority of that id, inch catches fire. So you want to get this information out before Hanukkah starts so that whoever's going to be lying the menorah is actually aware of this. But I do not recommend um, necessarily correcting the lighting of the menorah at the time. Okay. But those are a few specific details of how to light the menorah. So yes, everybody knows how to light the menorah, basically, generally. They know how to pay, to um, show lip service to the concept of lighting the menorah, but there are exact precision details that are necessary to know. And if one is careful in all the exact details, then you could take it to the bank, that if somebody lights the menorah correctly, so it comes to Rucham Olshin, Rashiv of Lakewood, and he's not really satisfied with this answer because he says, look, today there are many B'nai Yeshiva, B'nai Taira, Loimdim, Tamir Chachamim. They know exactly when to light, they know exactly how to light, and still not everybody is Zoycha to Banim Tamir Chachamim. So what is it exactly that we are missing about lighting the menorah. Let's come back to the Gemara. The Gemara says, what are the two obligations of Hanukkah? You may halal v'hayda. Praise Hashem, thank Hashem. Light the menorah, not one word about lighting the menorah. Does the Gemara hold you don't have to light the menorah? By the way, I'll just share with you as an aside, there is an approach that according to the Gemara, you do not have to light the menorah. Say so what? Yeah, because the Gemara is telling you what happened in the times of Hanukkah. In times of Hanukkah, was the base of Hanukkah standing? Of course. 
Anybody know what year Hanukkah happened? It happened 200 years into the times of the second base of Mikdash. So the base of Mikdash stood for another 200 years. Of course you don't have to light the menorah. The menorah is standing in the base of Mikdash. They lit the menorah in the base of Mikdash. Why would anybody light the menorah in their own home? In fact, according to some opinions, the mitzvah of lighting the menorah was not enacted until 200 years later when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. So they said, okay, we need to commemorate the story of Hanukkah. So now, besides Hallel and besides thanking Hashem, every individual has to light the menorah in their own home. But that was 200 years later. That was not the original enactment of Hanukkah. That's one approach to this Gemara. And that requires an entire different discussion. But today... Let's focus on the question again. Why does the Gemara omit the mitzvah of lighting the menorah? Now let's go to the Rambam. The Rambam usually codifies the halacha of the Gemara. And when the Rambam codifies this Gemara, the Rambam says, What's Hanukkah? Yimei Halel, umadlikin bahen neirais. These are days of Halel, and you light the menorah. Hey, what, what happened? The Rambam forgot to say something. What did the Rambam forget to say? The Rambam forgot to say that on Hanukkah, you have to thank Hashem. So the Gemara says on Hanukkah, you say Hallel, and you thank Hashem. The Rambam says on Hanukkah, you say Hallel, and you light the menorah. So the Gemara forgot something major, the Rambam forgot something major. It must be that nobody forgot anything. Both the Gemara and the Rambam wrote exactly what our responsibilities are on Hanukkah. Namely, to say Hallel. However, the Gemara has a different way of expressing itself than the Rambam. The Gemara says that our primary obligation on Hanukkah is say Hallel and thank Hashem. The way the Rambam phrases it is say Hallel and light the Menorah. In other words, the meaning here can be understood based on the writings of one of the Rishonim. You thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu by lighting the menorah. In other words, there is no mitzvah on the 25th day of Kislev to go and stand in front of your window and light a candelabra. There is no such mitzvah. That mitzvah actually, that act, has no meaning whatsoever. In other words, if somebody on the 25th day of Kislev lit one ner, and then on the 26th day, two neros, and on the 27th, three neros. And we say, Rabbi Yid, what are you doing? And he says, I don't know. The Torah says, the rabbis say, I have to light this candelabra, so I'm doing it like I pick up a lulav. In other words, let's say somebody on Sukkot picks up a lulav, picks up an asteroid, says the bracha with tremendous kavanah, and he, they shake it, they shake it to the Mizrach, and then they shake it to the to the north and to the west and to the, and the up and down. And we say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And they say, Kach tzivani This is what the Lord commanded me. Yeah, but do you understand why? Nah, I actually have no clue why I'm supposed to do this. Have they fulfilled the mitzvah? They have fulfilled the mitzvah 100%. They've accomplished the mitzvah in its fullness. You don't have to know why you're doing a mitzvah. You just have to know you are doing a mitzvah. But you don't have to know the reason for the mitzvah. For any mitzvah in the Torah, we say mitzvah is tzricha is kavana. You need to be aware you're fulfilling the commandment of the Creator. But you don't have to know why you're doing this particular act. 
So one would think that if uh, on Hanukkah you light the menorah and you just think, I'm lighting the menorah, why? A miracle happened, so this is my command. Actually, one has fulfilled basically nothing. Why? Because there's no mitzvah to light the menorah. The mitzvah is to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now the question is, how do you thank Hashem? Well, you could go to, you could buy merch. Thank you Hashem merch, right? You could get a bumper sticker. You could sing the song. There are a lot of ways to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How do you specifically have to thank Hashem on Hanukkah? The way we express our gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Hanukkah is by lighting the menorah. And what if I just lit the menorah and I don't really know what I'm doing? I'm just lighting a candle to remember a miracle. Then, chaser ha'ikar, you're, you're missing the main purpose of the mitzvah. Because there's no mitzvah to put wick on wick and to light a fire. The mitzvah is literally to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The way we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by lighting the menorah. It's an expression of gratitude to Hashem. Which means... Actually, it comes out very interesting. What if somebody lit the menorah and they didn't know this? So, Shalmazam and Paskins, you're Yaitse. But Chasar Ha'ikar, you sort of, you're missing the main purpose of the mitzvah. Rabbi Tzalo Jolti says, Lo Yatza. You don't even get the mitzvah. Either way, there's something severely lacking. It's a, <clears throat> so, says Rabbi Ruchamoshan, now we understand. And when the Gemara says, Haragel Bener, having Laibanum Tamichachamim, one who frequently lights the Ner will have children who are Tamidichachamim. And we asked, what do you mean? Everybody lights the Ner Chanukah. So, no, no, but not everybody lights it according to all its details and Diktukim and Hidurim. So we said, but many, many people do. Many people are precise in the way they light the Menorah. But now the explanation is very clear. Everybody lights the Menorah. But is everyone lighting the menorah as an expression of gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or they're just doing it like a mitzvah because we do mitzvahs every day, all year round. If one lights the menorah with its fundamental purpose, namely that it's an expression of gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you could take it to the bank, the haftacha of the Gemara, of Haragel Bener, Zoichin, Rahavin Lei, Banim Tamid Echachamim. That is the main objective of lighting the menorah. So in other words, the Gemara says, what do you do on Chanukah? Hallel, and thank Hashem. The Ramam says, what do you do on Chanukah? Hallel, and you light the menorah. It's not a contradiction. The, the Gemara is telling you the purpose of the mitzvah, and the Ramam is telling you how you go about doing it. The purpose of the mitzvah is to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How you go about doing it is by lighting the menorah. Of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, there's only one mitzvah that the Ramam says. It's an extremely beloved mitzvah. The Ramam doesn't say that wearing tefillin is a very beloved mitzvah. The Ramam doesn't say lighting Ner Shabbos is a very beloved mitzvah. In fact, the Ramam does not say about any mitzvah, it's mitzvah chavivahi. You know what the Ramam says about Ner Chanukah? Mitzvah Ner Chanukah, mitzvah chavivahi ad ma'od. It's a very beloved mitzvah. Why is it so beloved? What is so beloved about the mitzvah of Nechanukah? 
And this brings us to a very important question, probably the most important question that we'll ever ask ourselves. So we're here in this world for 70 years, for 80 years, hopefully longer. And we have a lot of responsibilities. We have 613 mitzvahs. And how many mitzvahs are abanan? Seven mitzvahs are abanan. But really, in terms of the gamut and the expanse of all the mitzvahs, it's endless. Rechava mitzvah ad ma'oid. L'chol tichla ra'isi keitz, rechava mitzvah ad ma'oid. David HaMelech says everything in this world is finite, but the obligation of mitzvahs is infinite. Why do we have to do mitzvahs? What's the purpose of it? What is the purpose of all of our mitzvahs? So we get up in the morning, okay, and we're going to say shachris, and it could be 120 pages. And then we have brachais, and then netios yadayim, and then berchas hamaz, and then chinach habanim, and then shabbos, and then yamtif. We're busy our entire life with mitzvahs. For what? What? What are we, what are we trying to accomplish? Why does Rebbeinu want to... In other words, is there an under, a fundamental objective of all the mitzvahs in the Torah? We know there are some mitzvahs are small mitzvahs, some mitzvahs are great mitzvahs, and in Perkei it says, Have a zohir b'mitzvah kala k'bechamura. Be careful on even a small mitzvah like a great mitzvah. Why would that be? Why should we be careful in a small mitzvah like a great mitzvah? Shouldn't we be more careful with the more important mitzvahs than the smaller mitzvahs? So the Ramban, this is the most famous Ramban in the whole Chumash. I'm sure you're familiar with it. The Ramban, tells us, the Ramban tells us that he's going to share the kavana of all the mitzvahs in the Torah. Not only the kavana of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, the kavana in why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us in the first place. The Ramban says that the purpose of all the mitzvahs, in other words, this is a kavana a person could have when they perform any mitzvah. The kavana of every single mitzvah is for a person to come to the recognition that Rebbeinu Shalom, you created me, and I thank you. That simple recognition. The Ramban says, Ein Shum Tviya. The Ramban says, The Kavanas Koha Mitzvahs, the intent of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, Shenamin Beloikenu is to believe in Akadosh Baruchu, Vinoide Elav, and to thank Him, Shehu Baranu, that He created us. Ein Kel Elyon Chafetz Betachtoinim Milvad Sheyeda Haadam Vyoida Leloikov. There's nothing that God wants out of us. More than that we acknowledge that He created us and we say thank you to Him. And therefore the Ramban says, a person could go to the store, they could buy a pair of tzitzis for 20 bucks, they could do a small mitzvah, a small act of chesed, whatever mitzvah a person does. And even though it may seem small, but in that small act they've already accomplished the purpose of all of the mitzvahs. The Ramban says, there's no other purpose in creation other than to come to a simple moment of recognition. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you created me and I thank you. That's the purpose of all the mitzvahs in the Torah. That's the purpose of all of creation. Now, of all the 613 mitzvahs, is there a specific mitzvah that expresses directly, precisely, okay, I'm doing this to thank you? 
No. That's just the fundamental overarching reason for the mitzvah. But is there any act that we do the whole year which directly is just a simple communication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I am doing this just as an expression of my gratitude? Yeah, there's one. Ner Hanukkah. Ner Hanukkah is the one simple act that we do the whole year that we don't say it in words. Actions speak louder than words. That the act of putting wick to wick and lighting the menorah on the eight days of Hanukkah is the specific communication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I acknowledge that you created me and I thank you and therefore of all the mitzvahs in the Torah. The mitzvah that the Rambam says is Chaviva Hiyad is very, very beloved. Is the mitzvah of Nechanke. You know why it's so beloved? Because that mitzvah fulfills the purpose of all the mitzvahs and of all creation in its totality. And therefore, in a certain dimension, it's the most important mitzvah in the Torah. And therefore, are women chayv in the mitzvah of Nechanke? Absolutely, 100%. Because they also have to fulfill this great, important objective of all creation. You know, it's very interesting. The Pasuk says, you familiar with this Pasuk? Bereshiz bara elikim. Sound familiar? Bereshiz bara elikim. In the beginning, God created. <clears throat> and Rashi says, Bereshiz bara elikim, Bishvil reishiz bara elikim, Hashem created the world because of reishiz. What's reishiz? The Rashi says, because of the Torah, because of Klal Yisrael. But the Medrash says, Bereshis, because of the mitzvah of Bikurim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. Bikurim, what exactly is the mitzvah of Bikurim? You know, the mitzvah of Bikurim, you had, back in the day, it was in an agricultural society, so people had orchards, and they had um, pomegranate, fig, date, and after tilling the field and watering the field, finally, months and months pass, and the farmer sees the first ripened fruit from the seven species, and he takes a red reed and he wraps it around the fruit, and then all the farmers congregate in the marketplace of the city, and they spend the night there, they sleep there that night, and then in the morning, all the farmers travel together with their first fruits. Where are they headed? They're headed to Yushalayim. And they put the first fruits in a basket, and the ox that's uh, holding the basket, they adorn, they cover the horns of the ox in gold. And they put a crown on the ox. And you have this big entourage. And uh, the halacha is, people in Yushalayim, when they see the procession of the Mevi Bikurim, they have to stop what they're doing. And they, they stop. The Mishnah even says, the king, Agrifas Amelch, has to stop what he's doing. And if they're sitting, they have to stand up. And as they're walking to Yushalayim, they sing... Uh, probably they use the rabbi's son's tune and whatever tune they use and basically the Mishnah describes in great detail that there's a parade of the, those who bring Bikurim and actually the mitzvah of Bikurim is done with more pomp and ceremony than any other mitzvah in the Torah what exactly is so significant about Bikurim? Like, what's so special about Bikurim? Here you have a, a guy, he's getting married Sunday night. So Shabbos, his father, his father-in-law, they walk him from the shul to the 
to the, they walk him from the house to the shul, they don't even make a, as big of a deal of the fact that he's getting married as somebody who has a, a firstborn pomegranate. I mean, who cares that somebody has a firstborn pomegranate? We make this parade and we're singing and the ox, we, we adorn the horns in gold. Well, what's the big deal about Bikurim? To the extent, Bereshis bara Eloikim, that the whole world was created for somebody to bring a firstborn fig to Yerushalayim. And the Aushach HaKadr says, that's right, because of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, the mitzvah of bringing Bikurim, Rashi tells us you bring it in front of the Mizbeach, and you declare, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me the land, I thank Him for my livelihood, I thank Him for my life, I thank Him for my produce, Shaloi Tehei Kafoi Taiva. And in an expression of HaKaras HaToiv, is the purpose of all creation. And that's what we do with Ner Hanukkah. It's merely an expression of gratitude to Hashem. So we mentioned that on Hanukkah we have to be on high alert. We have to make sure we guard our homes and ensure that our homes are based on Kedusha Sisral and we don't allow foreign influences to infiltrate our homes. And I know you're thinking I'm going to talk about I don't know, internet and media and not bringing into your home, I'll leave that for people much greater than myself to discuss. I want to talk about another thing we have to be on high guard for on Hanukkah and the whole year. And that is we have to guard our minds. Guard our minds from what? Let's ask ourselves a simple question. When we wake up in the morning and we're driving carpool, and we're going to work, what is the default position of our mind? Default position of mind? Complaints. What do you mean, what's the difference? Complaints. How rotten life is. My husband, my kids, my job, my family, my everything, all my problems, all the things in life that are just rotten. And I have such a long list of them that I could literally spend the entire day reviewing over and over again all the things I'm missing. And of course, I daven HaKadosh Baruch Hu the whole day. What's my tefillah like? Lord, give me A. Lord, give me B. Make my children better. Make my husband better. Make my mother better. Make my mother-in-law better. Make my car better. Make me have a better house. And I have a long list of I'm such, I'm a boiteach v'akadosh baruch I'm mamin. I daven Hashem the entire day. I believe everything comes from Him. That's why the entire day I spend focusing on all the things I don't have that I beg Him for. There's no bigger amud hatfilo in this world than me. After all, the whole day I'm asking Him for things. So the Yivanim have now entered our minds and contaminated all the oil in the Hechal. Because they've been successful in ensuring that at no point in the day we fulfill the purpose for which we were created, which is to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I'll tell you a story. I'm not a big storyteller. I'm not into stories for a number of reasons. And I'm not even going to say why. But here's a good one. <laughs> there was a man named Usher. I just, uh, somebody sent me this from Rabbi uh, Hisiger's uh, new book. 
There's a man named Asher. Somebody tell me, maybe it's uh, Rabbi Biederman uh, brings this. So Asher has five daughters. They're all over 28 years old, and none of them are married. So you can imagine, you know, what what his house looks like, and his entire life is uh, completely overwhelmed by Shaduchim, Shaduchim, Shaduchim. How is he going to marry off his girls? And then to add insult to injury, his Chavrusa, um, his daughter gets engaged, you know, like like nothing. And he and, and Yushalayim, you know, <laughs> you know, in Yushalayim you got to buy the new couple an apartment, which is like over a million dollars. I remember somebody told me, um, so and so came in from uh, is in town, is in is in New York. I, I said, what's he doing here? He said, Aminagirushalayim. I didn't realize Aminagirushalayim is when you have to marry the door, you have to collect a million dollars to marry her off. That's Aminagirushalayim. So, so the guy couldn't buy an apartment, so he borrowed the money, and he was smart enough to ask Usher to be his co-signer on the apartment. And when the guy couldn't pay, so Usher, the, the bank came to Usher, no, a million dollars for your friend's uh, daughter's apartment. He didn't have the money, so Usher's house was taken away. So he has to marry off five girls, and he has no home, and he's Sabrachin, and his life is in shambles. So he was the Garachasa, they told him, go to the Beis Yisrael. So he said, okay, what do I have to lose? So he went to the Beis Yisrael, he says, I don't understand, the whole day I daven, I daven, I daven, I ask Hashem, I want uh, good shidduchah for my daughters, I want parnasa. I don't have shidduchim, I don't have parnasa. what's with my tefillahs? Yeah, but Beis Yisrael, do you daven? He said, I just told you. I, the whole day, I ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to send me shidduchim, send me parnasa. Yeah, but do you daven now? I said, uh, I'm, somebody's missing something over here. He said, yeah, you told me you ask Hashem, but tefillah is thanking Hashem. So what percent of your tefillah are you thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for what you have? And he's thinking to himself, what exactly do I have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I have five girls, can't marry them off, I don't have parnasa. And the basis of said, let me just give you a little formula. Tefillah needs to be 60% gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for what you have, and then 40% bakashas. And that was the end of the conversation, and he left very confused. He said, thank Hashem, can't marry off my kids, I can't support them. And he talks to a friend, and his friend says, yeah, but you know, you have shoes? I, I, know, I guess I have shoes. You have clothing? You have a belt? You're breathing? How many times do you breathe today? You, oh, you're breathing okay? Your, uh, your uh, respiration is working? You know, for respiration, over a billion, trillion processes have to be fine-tuned just for you to inhale one breath of oxygen. So did you ever, in your entire life, thank Hashem that you could breathe, thank Hashem that you could see, that you could hear, that you could talk, that you could smell, that you remember. You get up in the morning and you remember you have to get dressed. That's always a, it's a good thing to remember. You get up in the morning and you remember you have to brush your teeth. You get up in the morning, your mind is working. You have a wife, you have a house, you have children, you have mode of transportation. Let's, why don't you make a list of all the things you have to thank Hashem and then see what percent of your tefillah you're thanking Hashem for what you have and what percent of your tefillah are your bakashas. And then Usher realized that if you look in Hallel, which we're going to say on Hanukkah, Haidu Hashem Kitoiv Kili Elam Chastai. Haidu Hashem Kitoiv Kili Elam Chastai. 
هایدول هاشم کتاب کلام خسته هایدول هاشم کتاب کلام خسته آنا هاشم هایشی آنا آنا هاشم هایشی آنا آنا هاشم هتصیخ آنا آنا هاشم هتصیخ آنا هایدول هاشم کتاب کلام خسته هایدول هاشم کتاب کلام خسته out of the ten stanzas that everyone says aloud on Hanukkah six of them are thank you Hakadosh Baruch Hu and four of them are please grant us Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And perhaps this is where the formula comes from. And I tell you, when I heard this story, this was uh, jarring to me. Because I must admit that my bakashas and Shema Kaleinu, I think, are longer than the things that I add to Maidim. And my Shema Kaleinu is with more intensity than my Maidim is. But that's Timu. That's the influence of the Yivanim, where they make us feel that we lose focus on everything uh, we have to be grateful for, and instead we're so focused on what we're missing, and what we need, and what we want, and what we aspire for, that we spend our life moping around, moping, groping, thinking about what we're missing, instead of fulfilling the main objective of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, and the kavana of the entire Yitzirah. If somebody would make a list, you know, Rav Miller, he used to walk over an hour every day in his heyday. What did he do? He had a list of all the things to be grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And on this block, he would thank Hashem for sight. And on the next block, he would thank Hashem for hearing. And on the next block, he would thank Hashem for buttons. And on the next block, he would thank Hashem for a collar. And on the next block, for shoelaces. But why do that when you could just pull out your phone and see somebody sent you a bill? You know, isn't it better just to constantly pull out your phone a million times a day than to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu a million times a day? So there, think about, next time you have the urge to check the phone again and again and again and again. Make a Kabbalah. Instead of checking the phone, you know what? Okay, I resist. I'm going to use this moment to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Toiv l'hoidois l'ashem. It's good to thank Hashem. What does that mean, it's good to thank Hashem? That means, not that it's good to thank Hashem, that the definition of taiva, the definition of goodness, is to thank Hashem, and that alone is good, and nothing else is really good. And that's the kavana of all of our mitzvahs. And that's the kavana of our whole creation. To be able to change the default position of our mind to what I don't have, to what I want, what I wish I had, what's wrong with my life, to what I am grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu about. And that is the purpose of all the mitzvahs in the Torah. And that is specifically the purpose of Ner Chanukah. And that is why of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, the one mitzvah that Chazal promised us, Haragil b'ner havin le'banim tamid chachamim. It's not about lighting it at the right time, even though that's important. It's not about writing it in the, with the right procedure, even though that's critical. It's about understanding the underlying objective of lighting the menorah. And that is, it's the one time a year you could do a specific act which is, expresses the objective of all the mitzvahs in the Torah. And if you're able to do that, 
the Gemara vouchsafes the greatest possible bracha of Haragel Bener Havinle Banim Tamidechachamim. So I hope uh, this was a meaningful idea for the upcoming Yom Tov of Hanukkah, and may we all be zoiche to light the menorah bismanoi b'chol diktukeha uprateha b'kavanaseha, but specifically that it should be an expression of hoidat hakadosh baruch hu. And we should all be zoicha to the great bracha of the Gemara of Haragel Bener, Havin Lei Banim Tamide Chachamen. Thank you so much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.